Shall we read a poem from A Light in the Attic? Hello, all, and welcome to a Shall We Read a Poem. I'm Russ. And I'm Lauren. How was the state above yours? <laughs> it was rainier. Well, no, actually, that's not true. I was going to say, I always consider Seattle to be rainier and colder than Portland, except in the winter when it is just rainier. But the funny thing is, is even though it was for the most part rainier, the last day I was there, oh, here I am talking about the weather. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I... Oh, I love it so much. It's like it's the default topic. <laughs> what else is happening in the world? Well, for me, it's movies, so I guess I can't right. do too much. Uh, well, I yeah, I went to... I... Did the work event. I talked to people for a long time. And at the end of talking to people for about seven hours, I was really over it. <laughs> I, have I, was, I just hated everybody and everything, even though everybody had been perfectly nice. <laughs> was it just too many people? Yeah, I was just, yeah, I haven't talked to a lot of people in a while. So it was mm. exhausting to me. <laughs> uh, I have a question about the weather story. Does it end with one of the last days was really nice? No. Well, it doesn't end with that. The last one of the last days was very nice, and that was the day that I drove back to Portland. <laughs> and so on the way down to Portland, downpours. Damn. Well, I was in Vegas, so you know. I'm sure the weather was really nice. It was pretty. It, it was it was windy and a little bit chilly because it's high desert. But I lost one hundred dollars playing craps, and crap got to see some painted rocks in the desert. I assume you mean like natural geological formations and not rocks that somebody had painted because that's their artistic fetish. Well, uh, this being Las Vegas, which do you suppose the case is? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> this attraction, if one can call it that, is called Seven Magic Mountains. And what Seven Magic Mountains is, is several rocks stacked on top of each other and painted different colors. I had no idea. It was done as a COVID project, and now it attracts people. It is still free, as it's just sort of sitting on questionably owned land off the highway and you can just walk up to it people were taking bits of it home and so i suspect within the next year someone will be charging admission ah las vegas seven magic ma even better than the uh well you know like fremont street's always just a freak show but man there's a fremont street everywhere Oh, well, th this Fremont Street has a big roof over it that has a light show, if you can call it that. And people are constantly ziplining above you. That's not much of a street. That's just, like, a zipline course. You Portland progressive you. You should be thanking them for making entirely a walkable, safe area for only pedestrian traffic and freaks who are doing questionable things. It's the best Fremont Street. I didn't know there were no cars. Nope, just pedestrians. Uh, there's also performing circles, which were put in as first come, first serve to keep just the entire place from becoming performers. Because the only place where it's legal to perform is within that little circle. So you get just the right sprinkling of freaks, you know. Um, however, the showgirls or wannabe showgirls that 
sell photos to unsuspecting tourists, they are becoming worse than the Roma. Like, they'll throw babies at you, but these women are throwing their boobs at you, and both are troubling. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? First of all, I don't know about Roma's throwing babies. Uh, yeah, and how does one throw a boob? Oh, well, it with shoulder action like this. Oh, so like slap you in the face with a tit? Well, you know, I guess if they were like, I guess if it was like drag race or something, they could pull the chicken cutlet out and throw that at you. But <laughs> all right, and this isn't enjoyable. Oh man, Vegas is the best. All right, that's right next to the Heart Attack Grill, where if you weigh more than three hundred and fifty pounds, you eat for free. Interesting. <sighs> I sound like I'm making all of this up. It's, this is all one hundred percent true. Interesting. Huh. The founder died of a heart attack. Well, I'm sure he would have been proud if he could have. <laughs> Did he have heart attacks between then and his death? Sometimes people have more than one. Oh, no. I mean, there was just the one big one. Oh, I was hoping he, was he like had 30. more than one. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, I am so wrong. I'm so wrong. It was complications from pneumonia, and he was 29. <laughs> That is so not a heart attack. Uh, in 2012, a customer suffered a heart attack. Um, that was good. In the in the restaurant? Yes. Oh, good. Good, good. A, uh, in 2012, a woman fell unconscious while eating a double bypass burger, drinking alcohol, and smoking. Um, their unofficial spokesman, uh, 52-year-old John Alleman, died of a heart attack while waiting in front of the restaurant. Oh, good. Uh, their uh, their servers wear stereotypical nurse uniforms. I hope they have a lot of defibrillators. They have a paddle. If, if For you a can't defibrillator? If you can't finish your meal, you get a spanking. <laughs> I wish I were making any of have, this have you, up. have you eaten here? Uh, I have never eaten here. I've drank there. Huh. Yeah. I think the only beer they have is Pabst Blue Ribbon, and it only comes in tall boys. And uh, you can get an IV bag full of wine. All right. All right. I, I Thus, bet it's terrible wine. Oh, it's it's astronaut wine. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the good stuff. When I got mine, there was like one of those IV clip things yeah. where you could slow the flow of wine out of the tube, but you couldn't stop it completely. So you always kind of had to just have this thing in your mouth getting a slow drip of of wine i kind of like this place <laughs> it's not what you'd call a healthy place i know but i kind of like how how committed they are to yeah. like making to the bit worse yeah they're quite committed to it all right they, they are just rolling with that bit Duh, right. the, the container park is i also visited the arts district saw a couple of nice little breweries there there is a container park um which was full of families which is funny to see in vegas what's a container park it is a park made of shipping containers. I was supposed to know that. Uh, they've all been emptied. They're not like full of, you know, Walkmans from 40 years ago. Um, they've all been emptied and the shell has been converted to a storefront. And so you have lots of kitschy stores with shipping container walls. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Playground in the middle of it. There's a, uh, there's a, a cocktail bar. All right. Hmm. Accordingly, all of these locations are very small. Yes, because uh, they're shipping containers, them, right? That keeps them kind of cute. Yeah. 
and a lot of them have patios. Well, Russ. <laughs> Come to Las Vegas. Russ, <laughs> shall we read a poem brought to you by the City Council of Las Vegas? <laughs> well, Russ, it's your turn to read a poem. Oh, I guess it is, isn't it? Well, I am reading uh, The Snack is what I'm reading. And I think this is one that you don't have. I don't. The Snack. I found a clam beside the sea inside a seedy sack. Says I to the clam, dear sir, ma'am, allow me to call you Jack. Will you come home with me for company and maybe a midnight snack? For I have some nicey spicy sauce to pour upon your back. I put that clam in a pewter pot and boiled a burbling brew. And he soaked and he steamed and his green eyes gleamed. And he grew and he grew. And he grew. He was oh so small. Now he's twelve feet tall. And I'm feeling rather blue. Cause he's pouring Tabasco on my back. I wonder what he'll do. <laughs> the illustration is a it's a clam with a face coming out of a pot, very big pot, and sprinkling tabasco on a small man cowering <laughs> down on the floor i expected this poem to be a rather walrus and the carpenter type thing but nope <laughs> nope it is a turnabout's fair play yeah it's a not the walrus and the carpenter at all <laughs> it's interesting that the 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 stew that they put the clam that he put the clam in just made it bigger like what is in that <laughs> Um, HGH. Isn't the first H in there human? Yeah, but I mean, anthropomorphic. What is it that we put in tomatoes now? Whatever that is. You know, the tomatoes that are affronts to God that they sell at my wonderful grocery store that are the size of my goddamn head. Right. Fuck, I love those tomatoes. Are they good? They're big. That doesn't make them good. I make them good. There's something interesting about eating a tomato that is the size of a steak. Are you talking about the like wrinkly heirloom ones? The giant wrinkly heirloom These ones? These are smooth as a baby's forehead. Oh, that that's weird. They're mysterious. Yeah, no. I know the really terrifying ones that are all craggly. I love those too. Those Yeah, those are neat. often delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, these are th- these are perfectly smooth and they th- they do not look normal. I'm looking at them, it's like, when I was a kid, that wasn't what a tomato looked like. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll, 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 I'll have to find, like, a photo of me, like, holding one, like, with my face for reference or something. They're so big. I don't know if I've ever seen this. Oh. Because you, you picture, like, I always think of tomatoes as, like, vaguely kind of baseball-sized, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. These are not. They're they're this big. Right. And they're I've only seen things. the wrinkly heirloom ones really mm-hmm. big. Okay. I have the next no thing, idea. Well, good news, I will go to the grocery store tomorrow, and uh, I will upload a photo of one of these tomatoes along with the show notes. All right. (laughs) 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 Originally, I was going to relate this poem to something about uniting humanity and how like i really dig this poem because like this works for me and like if there is an animal that can find me and eat me it deserves to do so 
fair. This is this is that's complete turnabout's fair play. Like if you eat, try to eat me, then the purpose of my life was clear and it's been fulfilled. I was to be food for you, and that was that was the purpose. And so I started thinking, like, well, what if all of humanity was like this, like sent back to the Stone Age, and we had to go back to hunting and you know some sort of weird hunter gatherer lifestyle. And then I thought, well, then what if aliens invaded? Because that would be a modern incarnation. Here's something that's bigger and more powerful than us. And then I realized how stupid that would be because, like, one half of us would denounce it as a liberal plot and the other half would try to find a peaceful solution and not want to shoot the aliens. So, Okay, that was a trip. The Snack by (laughs) Shel Silverstein. All right. The real meaning of this poem is how we will never unite as a species. (laughs) So I am a vegetarian, but I will allow, my rules are I can eat anything that I'm willing to catch, kill, and cook myself. Yeah. And so far I've only had the heart to do that to like oysters and clams and cockles and things like that. They they don't have feelings like you and I. Well, I almost feel a little bit bad about, oh, mussels. I'll do mussels too. Uh, But I almost feel a little bit about oysters because they don't do anything like clams (laughs) clams will like to try to they will try to run away from you mussels are like fully adhered to their rocky surface trying to get them off as a bitch and you will probably (laughs) cut yourself or at least like scrape yourself pretty badly on their shells or cut yourself with a knife as you're trying to press it through the fibers uh but oysters just they just they just lie there Defenseless. I do like how you did flip it back around to the walrus and the carpenter, though. That, I was, know. that was nicely yeah, done. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, although once uh, I was on a food foraging coastal trip and the instructor was like, okay, we're going to dig for sand shrimp. And sand shrimp, for the most part, on the Oregon coast are only used as bait. People will dig them and then they'll cut them up and use them as bait. But you can eat them. So... I was digging for some sand shrimp, sand shrimp, and you know they have a lot more personality than like a uh, than a an oyster or a clam or whatever, and they kind of do have a face. They have a face and eyes and things like that. But oh man, one of those motherfuckers pinched me, and I was going to be damned if that one was not going to be for dinner. Hey, look at these little boys. Yeah, we fried the hell out of them so that they're carapaces were uh, just kind of crunchy and you could eat them whole delicious chitin yep before we started this i thought a sand shrimp was like a term for a chigger or a mite or something why don't you describe a sand shrimp for us russ they, they seem to come in a whole lot of different varieties some of them look the size of like cocktail shrimp almost yeah these were a little general a little bit bigger uh Look up Oregon sand shrimp to get the... And then there's quite a lot that look to be about the size of big ants. They're they're more the size of cocktail shrimp, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah, some of these, yeah, some of these look like are like crawfish size. Yeah, and some of them do actually hurt when they pinch you. Turns out. So I guess what I'm going to need is like one of these giant tomatoes and then a stack of sand shrimp beside it, so we can very much confuse everyone on what the dimensions of these things are. <laughs> I'm not going to go out to the coast and get sand shrimp anytime this soon. This tomato is 17 lobsters tall. <laughs> That's true. If we just put the tomato and the sand shrimp next to each other, nobody will really be able to tell what the size of it is because the tomato is so huge. It'll make the lobsters... I mean, sorry, it'll make the sand shrimp look 
really huge because <laughs> no, make the sand shrimp is, look really small. Is the sand shrimp really huge, or are you just standing too far away from the big yeah, tomato? No, no. <laughs> you'll make the sand shrimp look really small because there will be several of them to the tomato. <laughs> You're taking a photo. The tomatoes held up to the camera, and the sand shrimp are held way behind <laughs> you. <laughs> Yeah, and you've got a banana on your head for scale. So what I learned about that was uh, spite will be a big motivator of me wanting to, or revenge, I guess I should say. Uh, I will eat something out of revenge, turns out. <laughs> that is a good reason. That's a, There's no better, like, revenge against an animal, too. It's like if something right. bites you, you bite it back. It, yeah. You know, cats don't like that. Well, I... Uh, if you bite them back, <laughs> they just like to be the bitey ones or licked. L- 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 like I don't want too. to bite a cat. They are fuzzy. I do not want to put my mouth on something that is fuzzy like that. Well, what about one of those hairless ones? I've never encountered one in real life, and one has never actually harmed me. So why would I bite it? I saw a video of one of those hairless ones sucking its own nipple. And when I tell you, I have never been more icked out in my entire life. It was we. That's really weird. It's weird. I've never okay. Because huh. like I used to have a cat that would suckle at things. It would do. Yeah. It, it, it would. It would do the yeah, like a blanket biscuits, and it would have like a pill from a blanket, and like mm, yeah, on yeah. That. This sphinx cat was doing that, but with its own nipple. <laughs> Just gonna sit here in uncomfortable silence for a moment. Uncomfortable. Whew. Shami center made from cat bellies. Sorry, what? <laughs> shamisen are made from cat bellies. Shamisen? Yeah, the the the, the Japanese. Oh, oh, I mean, well, cat gut is was something that was used for various instruments, and I'm actually not sure that it was real cat gut. Let me see. And on the best quality ones, you can see their nipples on the instrument. God. Okay, cat gut is a type of cord that is prepared from the natural fiber found on the walls of animal intestines. So it could be. Uh, pretty much anything. But usually it is sheep, goat, uh, but sometimes cattle, hogs, horses, mules, or donkeys. Not really go. usually made from cats. Just one second. I will show you a photo of the nipples. What? What? Do I want this? Yep. Mm-hmm. These days it's usually a synthetic, but your highest quality ones still use genuine cat. Wow. Well, that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> So thanks for that, I guess. Let's see. I'm sure that this isn't a common practice anymore. <laughs> I think it's more just... It, it, it must be like aesthetic reasons. Those can't be real nipples. They don't look like real nipples. Oh, man. That's so good. I could tell you that this is not what it would be like. That's I mean, they you... farm for their skin, one one. <laughs> it's the shamisen cat farm. <laughs> what is going Oh... I can tell you those are not actually what real cat, what cat nipples look like. And the best part is that nobody on the internet can agree. <laughs> they're like, no, that's not real. It's like they're totally real. And it's well, not like Japan would tell you. Well, that isn't what a cat nipple looks like. Yeah, they have, what, eight? Well, yes. <laughs> but also, when you stretch out leather, it makes things bigger. <sighs> God, you're going to have to help sort me out on this one because... Uh... There's a lot of people saying that, yeah, this is that. that's what that is. What I'm looking at? On the best shamisen, the position of cat nipples can still be seen. 
Well, the picture we're looking at, oh god, this is this is gruesome, but uh, the picture we're looking at does not look like it would be possible for those to be cat nipples to me. Unless it were like a kitten. Alright, it's time to ask Wikipedia. You might have to put a content warning on this one. <laughs> warning, cat skin. <laughs> what are you learning? Okay, guess when it started... To fall out of fat when it started to fall out of fashion to use real cat skin. 1990? The mid-2000s. Oh, God. There's so many shamisen out there with cat skin on them. Oh, God. There's so many. Oh, wow. And not just classic ones, ones that are like in the last 20 years. Oh, God, that's so amazing. Oh, Japan. And the thing is, you'd have to kill the cat specifically for that, because... For that, yeah. Because they don't eat cats in Japan. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Yikes. I learned more doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I Sometimes you learn things you don't want to know. Or I don't want to know. Sometimes you learn things that I don't want to know. <laughs> sometimes you learn things that I don't want to know. <laughs> hmm. Spend so much of my life doing, like, kitty welfare and... Here you are like, hey, here's something made out of a beloved animal. Guess what they made this weird banjo out of? That thing you spent a whole lot of time trying to make better. See, this is why we will never succeed as a species. You're trying to save the cats. The Japanese are playing them. So I had written on uh, one of my friends when she lived in Seattle. She had a chalkboard wall and I had written on her chalkboard cats are not bagpipes because <laughs> they had a cat that if you pick the cat up and squeezed it a little bit it would kind of make a sound and so <laughs> i was like i don't think it's enjoying that cats are not bagpipes <laughs> but the cat was fine it didn't mind too much <laughs>